Hello, shalom, salom, and hola. Welcome to the Hot Jewish Podcast. I'm Michael, aka Hot Jewish Energy. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Hot Jewish Energy, at Hot Jewish Podcast, at Michael T. Valdez with an S at the end, and at Hot Jewish Short King. Welcome to the episode, everybody. Uh, I finished Jewish matchmaking last night. It was a little anticlimactic at the end. I I didn't really love that they brought new people in like in the second to last episode. It it didn't make sense. I wanted to see like an arc, but I mean, it is what it is. I I I might submit. I don't know. I I'm thinking of submitting because I am very tempted to is this the right way of saying it to have a shiduch? So I I'm really tempted. I also I'm done with the dating apps. I'm tempted to go Shomer Nagia as well if I'm going to do Shiduch or if I'm not, I just want to go Shomer Nagia until like, I guess until you're exclusive. Like I think Shomer Nagia would, for me as someone who's not Orthodox would be no kissing and no sexual stuff like a hug hand holding. Okay. That's innocent, but Shomer Nagia on sex stuff. Like I would not, do that i would wait until we are exclusive or until there is some potential then you'll get a kiss so i think it could be a good opportunity for me i might meet the person of my dreams whether it's a man or a woman i really i don't care as long as the person is a good person and yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna stop talking about myself because this episode is going to be so much fun i I say that every episode but this one because this is such a cool person. We're friends now. She's just really, really great. Her name is Danielle Brody. You guys might know her as Jews and Doodles and Danielle and Doodles on Instagram or whatever. I know she's on Instagram, but if she's on other social media platforms as well, I know her from Instagram, but she's just so cool. And she's a lot of fun. She's really sweet. And I think this episode is going to be a little bit more lighthearted. I think her content is definitely not as very much like very serious, dark. It's very much lighthearted, easily digestible. And I'm really excited to have her on today. This is an episode of the Hot Jewish. This is the episode <laughs> of the Hot Jewish podcast with special guest Danielle Brody, Jews and Doodles. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm here with Danielle Brody, Jews and Doodles. Hi. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm happy to have you here. And you're one of the very few people that I've had on that I actually have spoken to privately. We actually we're we're getting lunch next week. We're getting like, lunch. Good. We're gonna meet in person I, for the meet in person for, for the first time, which is very exciting. Yeah, and it's it's been very nice. And I you're I was telling, I was telling them before you came on, you're just, I love, I love the energy that you bring. It's very much, very calming, very articulate, very, very much like no drama, nothing crazy, just like a really wholesome person. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. I mean, you know, the cartoons represent one side of me, maybe, uh, (laughs) In other instances, um, there, there's it's not exactly like that, but I, I think that the cartoons are a fun way to express myself, and there's something about the medium that kind of forces me to kind of stay focused on a storyline. Um, I mean, it's I used to do stand-up comedy, so it's almost like telling a joke, but you have to kind of keep it concise, and I've been doing it now for like three, a little over three years, so I've learned a lot. My style has changed. And I know you said that I'm wholesome, which I like. I like to use the word earnest, but I like I like both. And I have a background in journalism too, which I think kind of gives me that like earnest touch, um, just cr- trying to like deliver a message in a clear way. But you haven't. You said we've spoken on the phone, and I've showed you some of my my products and cartoons, and you've inspired me to take to give the cartoons a hotter touch. So. So, some of them might be getting a little bit less wholesome, which I think is a fun direction to go in. 
you know what? Being hot is wholesome too. Yes. Don't don't downgrade being hot, and it can be tasteful. Tastefully There's hot. A di- tastefully hot. There's a difference between being nasty <laughs> and being very wholesome, hot, like very like tasteful. So tasteful. we're gonna we're gonna get into a little <laughs> sneak peek of what me and Daniel have coming in the future. But yeah. um, I want to start off with where you grew up you grew up in Westchester which is obviously for those of you that don't know Westchester New York is a very very Jewish area (laughs) probably the most Jewish outside of New York City Long Island probably being like second or third Mm. of Jewishness but what was it like growing up in Westchester what was your family like what what was it like growing up yeah, it was very Jewish. I don't think I realized until I got to college, which sounds silly, that there was any other type of Jew besides like Ashkenazi. Um, but I was exposed to a lot of different types of Jewishness, uh, which I'll get to. But yeah, I grew up in in Westchester. I have two younger sisters. Um, <clears throat> we always had a dog. I don't know. I'm going into a lot of detail. Um, and we're a really close family. Uh, my life, my dad's uh first cousin put it really well he said that our family uh, I had a chaotic upbringing or like controlled chaos or something (laughs) or a casual I think he called it a casual upbringing like my parents were in some ways just like very relaxed um like I said to my sisters once like did we ever have a bedtime and she's like I don't think so like I think I decided my bedtime like my parents was just very much like go with the flow. Um, they were really fun. Like they were always, my dad um, had a business running events for um, other bit like corporate events. So a lot of like, um, it was kind of like a business networking breakfast is mostly what he did, but he kind of did other types of events. My mom would help him. They worked in my house. So that was sort of weird in my neighborhood in Westchester. Um, Most people's parents commuted to the city every day and mine didn't. My dad worked in like on the first floor of our house. Um, And he had for some, some years he had people like working in the house too. So just, it's kind of hard to explain, but like everything in my house, it was just like, there weren't like boundaries between work and family and like, adult events and kids events or like corporate events and family events like everything was kind of mixed like my my dad's coworkers babysat me and um people that he met at events like became his friends and would like come to our house and so it was just a very like fun home to grow up in um and very dynamic it did make us a little bit different than other people in my neighborhood i felt because um like i said most people's parents just it was more like structure, like parent woke up, went to the city, came home. Like the parents weren't really home a lot during the day. Like a lot of my friends had nannies, but my parents were like very accessible to me. Um, also, my dad is from South Africa. So we just had this like whole different culture that's like literally foreign to a lot of people. Um, so we just had like lots of South African art around the house. And I listened to like a lot of South African music as a kid. Um, so like those are some of my favorite songs. And every summer my family would do this huge party called a braai. So braai means barbecue in, South, in Afrikaans or in South Africa. That's like one of the languages. Um, so it's like a huge the way they did it, it was this huge party in a park in Westchester. It, well, it started in our backyard and it grew so much they had to take it to a park. And like, I think it's the biggest, it was like 500 people and it was like a whole day thing. And it was like every person in the family was involved in helping. So my sisters and I would like run registration. And then later in the day, we'd like run around selling t-shirts after people had enough to drink. Um, we'd like set up games. I think my middle sister would always like be on like food, like helping serve um, platters of like raw meat and then people would barbecue them because Brian's barbecue. And that was something I always look forward to. So we were just like always in it together as a family um, for better or for worse. Um, Not for worse. That sounds negative, but I mean, obviously like my sisters and I fought growing up, but we're always very close. And I think that that foundation um, in my family is like, of course, like shaped my life and has been something that we all fall back on, like the closeness, the closeness that we have, like even um, 
my family's gone through like a lot of changes. <laughs> we'll get to that. And just because we had this like really strong family bond, um, my dad always, my dad told me that him and my mom always like had this policy, which they didn't tell us, but that they never let us like linger in a fight. Like if the two of us were fighting, they like made us, they didn't pick sides. They were just like, those two need to work it out. And I remember in college, my sister and I had such a stupid fight. Like she thought I stole her shorts and I didn't. <laughs> and I was so mad at her. Like I wouldn't talk to her and she, we were mad. And my dad was like, kept calling me. Like, did you make up yet? Did you make up yet? And I was like, why are you so involved? Like he's, and it was like, he didn't want us to ever like be estranged or ever have a moment that like ruined our relationship. Like it was very important for my, for my parents that we were all, um, you know, we had this bond and we all had a relationship. What was it like when you went to college, when you left the house? I think, I think my parents were happy because <laughs> <laughs> I was a happy. lot, I was a lot like in high school, I went to like a very uh, hard school. It's like small and competitive. My friends were super smart. So I was always like really pushing myself to like take the APs and, um, being extracurriculars and get into the best college. And it was like all stress that I put on myself. Like my parents never put pressure. They were like, you're amazing. My mom was such a great cheerleader. And my dad, my dad pushed me more um, to be like entrepreneurial. So like when my college newspaper wasn't giving me any articles, he's like, well, just start your own. And I was like, okay. And so I did, um, I, but I started as like a blog, but it was like, there were a lot of roadblocks. No one wanted to say yes. And I did it anyway. One thing I was shocked about when I went to college was that I like, there weren't a lot of Jews. I mean, there were Jews. Where did you go? I went to Delaware. So there were Jews. It's just like, I went to a high school where like all of my friends were Jewish. Like it felt like my high school was majority Jewish. And I, um, there were a few colleges I like, one college I got into, I was like, I'm not going to go. Like, there's not enough Jews. <laughs> <laughs> because I think being Jewish is such a specific, like, way of being, you know, you're Jewish. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you you want to at least have some, some Jews around you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I went to Delaware. Um, I actually went, you can, like, go a couple of days early for, like, what do they call it? Jew Fest? Hillel? Freshman Fest? It's run, yeah. Jew Fest? No, it's called... <laughs> <laughs> that I mean that would be a, if it would that would be a fun thing. That'd be fun. They should do a Jew, Jew fest. fest. Maybe we do a Jew fest. <laughs> Ideas. Keep yeah, going. I actually Keep like going. really. I've been thinking about a Jew fest for a while, but anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um. So Hillel lets you go to school a couple of days early. Like the idea is because moving day is on Saturday, so they're like, well, like Jews can't move in on Saturday. Like I mean, I would have, but um. So they let you come on like a Friday morning, and they do all this programming, and then of course A Pi has a party. So I met a bunch of Jews through Freshman Fest, and then like the rest of the <laughs> the non-Jews <laughs> filed in after um those couple of days, um. But yeah, college college was a great experience. I got to, I got really involved in the school paper and, and different activities, um, made a lot of friends I'm still friends with today. Um, I was sort of involved in Hillel, but not a lot. I definitely think I was not as connected to my Judaism in college at all. Um, and I kind of reconnected after Birthright, which I did six months after I graduated. So it's not like there was a huge gap. <laughs> Um, how did, how did birthright go? You know, I didn't love my trip, I have to say. Um, but my, it's just like birthright trips are so hit or miss. Um, but were there hot soldiers though? Were there? (sighs) Um, okay. (laughs) So kind of, yeah. Oh my God. What did you, what did you do? What did you not do? So I, I really liked one of my soldiers. It was not reciprocated. But yeah, so I go on birthright. It's fine. My sister was on a birth. I have two sisters. One is two and a half years younger. One is five and a half years younger. And the middle one went on birthright too. But we agreed to go on separate trips um, at the same time. So when our trips ended, we went and stayed with our family. We stayed with a friend in Tel Aviv and then my family in Redana. Um, and somewhere along the way, I like met a guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was on New Year's. I met him at a club. And then I like totally ditched my sister, like hung out with him for like the next week. <laughs> was he cute? 
so cute, so sweet. Um, he was amazing. And then I left. I like extended my trip too. I was staying with my family. My sister left. Um, I think I stayed like another week. So I was with him for like two weeks. I just like, I was like, okay, I'm going to stay and like move my stuff into his apartment. <laughs> oh my God. I think he had a roommate. I don't think the roommate was happy about that. And then I like left the key in the door and took a nap. So his like roommate couldn't get into the apartment. It was an accident. I felt really bad. Um, so yeah, I like kind of fell in love and then I had to go home and I started like an actual job between graduation and yeah, it was a few months after graduation. I started a job and him and I like were kind of long distance for like almost a year, which is sort of crazy because he lived in Israel. So I'm like, birth rate wasn't great, but then I fell in love, which was great. Do you still talk to him? No, the last time we talked was 2020. You know, when, during, remember, lockdown. Hmm? during lockdown, exactly. Like, and that's kind of what sort of what made me do my first cartoon because during lockdown, everybody was like, all the exes were like coming out of the woodwork and <laughs> <laughs> all the ex- how many exes do you have? Oh my God. How do you think I have so much material for my cartoons? <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I, like, people tell me this is wrong. I consider an ex, like, anybody that I went on a date with and didn't go on another one with. <laughs> oh, then that's a lot. Right. If I did that, I would have, like, ten exes. <laughs> so I'm like, I have a million. I mean, not a million, but, like, um, no, like, a, this uh, real exes, like, real, like, um, people that I had actually, like, been in a relationship with. There's, like, th- I think three of them reached out during the pandemic. <laughs> that's, cr- bro, that's, cr- I wish... I, I mean, I only have one ex, <laughs> but how, so now that you went on that trip mm-hmm. and now that, what got your journey started with the work that you do outside of Jews and Doodles? Oh, like my actual job and career? Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I work at a new site. I'm a content marketer, so I uh, work on strategy, uh, content strategy for advertisers coming up with like content marketing ideas. Um, So we'll like, for example, like a tech company will say like, we have this new laptop and we want millennials to like want it. And then we come up with like a video or an article series and we pitch that idea. And then if they buy the idea, I'm responsible for getting it produced. So writing an article or overseeing a video shoot and scripting and all of that, finding um, talent to be in the video. So it's definitely fun. It's like a, for me, like the best of both, both, both worlds, like the pre-sale is what is like the pitching part. And then the mm-hmm. post-sale is the production part. So I really like that. I had a job where I was only doing the production part and I kind of missed doing both. Um, so that's, that's big. Yeah. So you're working, you're working, I'm assuming with pretty big companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes Can you like, tell us the companies that you've worked with in the past or that's um, a NDA type of thing? No, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I, so my, my, I guess my most exciting, I did a, a TikTok series for Lenovo so that was fun i mean you have to be like with any brand and you have to be careful about like how you position the laptop and the videos you really have to like keep your eyes on that um just because of branding and then i i did a video shoot with enterprise and we got to shoot it at city field um but it was like the worst timing for me personally because it was last april like i had to go on the shoot literally i think password was on a saturday and uh, and like the shoot was like when tuesday to thursday it was so, so it stressful was exhausting. it was so because i was like working a full day of the shoot and then i would get back to the hotel and i was like oh my god i have like questions about the Haggadah. i have orders coming in like how am i going to fulfill them so mm-hmm. it was I, like i think i was sending them to my dad and he was fulfilling them for me <laughs> so your dad is he's oh, so now kind of going into how he kind of brought that entrepreneurial mindset in you. And then now he's helping you run your business, your business that you have on the side of your main job. I'm assuming he's a very big inspiration for you. Yeah. It's funny because growing up, I was always helping him with his business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mentioned the bride. Um, I would help at his events after college. 
he does he was doing like smaller scale events for startups and I would go to them and do registration and help set up and all of that um so everything he I've just been involved with his business like since I was like a kid like I remember mm-hmm. I was like my parents would bring us to conferences as children I would do registration at like six years old like um so it's just kind of nice that now when I'm doing things and he's helping. So he's the one that gave me the idea for the Haggadah. Um, I had sold a few bat mitzvah cards and I had been drawing for like a few months and the cards, people liked them. And I was like, dad, I really need like a good project or I don't even know how it came up, but he was like, he was like, Danielle, it seems like the Jews like your stuff. Like, cause my content wasn't really Jewish until 2021 it was mostly about my dating life about the pandemic um it was 2020 so there was it was like an election year so it was like a little bit about like the elect uh the presidential election and not that i do that much politics anymore but it was like i mean come on like trump and biden like there was so much there i could draw um i had a cartoon about like do you remember that campaign where celebrities were like taking off their top and saying like vote like they would like or like post a really hot picture and then say like you should vote it, there was like this whole thirst trap campaign to get people to vote and like so that was a cartoon um but then i made like a bat mitzvah card and, and i just like some jewish stuff was coming up like i think i did like rosh hashanah versus new year's um and then my dad said you should make a haggadah and call it uh for haggad about it and I was like, well, dad, like it should be called don't for Haggadah about it. Cause like, obviously we're not forgetting about it. So because of that, I made a Haggadah. Um, and he's, and like, he's the one who has, he's just, he's always helping. Like I needed to deliver them because I was written about like right before the day, the article came out the day before Passover. So in Westchester. So he took me to Westchester to drop off Haggadahs. I've done events. He's my friends always ask if he's going to be at my events. They're like, they're, they're like where's your dad? Because he always will come and bring the microphone and help with setup. And um, he's helped at my markets. I do live markets to sell things. He comes, and he's just like he's always been a step ahead. Like when I was doing my cartoons on paper, he was like, eventually you're gonna need like an iPad or a digital drawing format because you're gonna it, it'll make you faster. And I was like, no, I like. The whole point why I started the cartoons was kind of like to relax and it's to me it's relaxing to like draw on paper and, and do the watercolor like if you look at my old cartoons like they're all on paper with watercolor and colored pencil and I was like I couldn't imagine going digital and and he was like you're gonna have to and I was like no and then I listened to him he was right he was like people are gonna ask you to draw draw cartoons like pay you to draw cartoons for them I was like no they aren't and like I got I've had a bunch of custom orders um wow. he's just like he's been a, he's like you're gonna end up doing live events i was like no i'm not i'm like i've done several um so your dad really he was like the fortune teller for you he knew he kind of just knew what was gonna happen and it ended up uh, it ended up working your favor i mean look how many live events you've done that have been so successful yeah yeah and it's nice he's always there to help and i think that one like other part of the story that like I don't really talk about um, is that him and I like like many families like we struggled during the pandemic we all like hold up together me him and my sister um, and like fought <laughs> it was hard I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this like my dad and I like we had we were struggling um, and I mean I, we might get to this but like you know and I share this in my content sometimes, but like my mom died when I was 22. So it's been difficult to navigate like family dynamics, even though we do have the strong foundation, it was like based on my mom being there and being the glue. So for the past like eight years, it's been, we've all had to put in the work to like make it work. And it's, Mm. it has not been easy at all. Um, I mean, we all love each other so much, but like, it's just, it's really hard. I think anyone who's lost someone like, in their nuclear family can relate to it being like very difficult to like navigate that and it'd be I guess in some ways easy for everyone to just go in their direction and be like we're never going to talk again um but that's like not how we are and we and making it work is is worth it but it can be hard so um my dad and I were like struggling a bit and then I made my first cartoon and my sister showed it to him and he was like this is incredible like and he actually 
draws too. Um, and he was like, the spacing is great. And the, 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 the copy is great and the colors are great. And like, she just gets it. Like, this is, this is amazing. And, and then so it was kind of in your blood in a way. It was in my blood. And then it kind of brought my dad and I back together because we were like, <laughs> we were fighting or we, things weren't going well. And then I drew and it like, it gave us something and it like brought us back together. And now, and now everything's good, but it kind of like healed our relationship. How, so you were able to heal your relationship with your dad. How were you able to heal after you lost your mom? Because that's something that's, especially at a young age, that's something that no kid should ever have to go through at that young of an age. I mean, you you lose your parents no matter what. Mm-hmm. It should, I mean, nine times out of 10, it should be that you lose your parents, not the other way around, the parent losing their kid. That's just next level terrible. But I'm So lucky my mom didn't have to deal with that. <laughs> She, I mean, <laughs> that's how... a joke. Sometimes I make, I make dark no, jokes. <laughs> and that's, and how, how did, how are you cope? How did you co- cope with that very traumatizing point in your life? I mean, you lost your mom. I'm 23. You lost your mom like when you were a year younger than me. That was, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, it's horrible. Obviously. Um, it was, it was very sudden. So it's not like I, I saw it coming at all. So, I just remember saying to my, it was just like, it's like all of a sudden you're living life one way and then all of a sudden like it completely changes and it's like, mm-hmm. sounds so obvious, but you're just not prepared. Um, I was like, how do I deal with this? Like, how do I act? How do I go forward? I, I was like, I feel like it's almost like, this is such a weird analogy, but I said to my friends, it's like, it's like you know, um, with like puberty, like everything happens like little by little and like people tell you what to expect and how to handle it and this and that. And I was like, I feel like it it was like this, like puberty is like a big life change, but it's very gradual. I was like, I feel like I had this big life change, but like no one told me how to manage it. I haven't been prepared and I don't know what to do and I don't know what to expect. And um, I just sort of like, in some ways I'm a little bit like, I don't say type A, but I'm just like, I can be very focused on like a goal. So to me, after my mom died, I was like, okay, I'm going to treat this like it's an illness and like take care of it. So I just like went to a lot of therapy and was just trying to figure out like how to get through it. Um, And I found that I did turn to humor sometimes. Um, And I remember I was like seeing two different therapists at the same time. And I was like, I feel like I have like, I'm like cheating on, on one with the other. Like, and I forget who I told what to. And it's like, and I like, I just made so many jokes. Like I'm I'm just like in so much therapy. Like I pretty much go every day. Like, (laughs) um, or I like, I just like made a lot of fun of myself. And, and, and I, I mean, they say that there's such a fine line between like tragedy and, and humor or tragedy and comedy. And I found that all the time because things were just so horrible. It's like funny. I don't know. Like so bad. Mm-hmm. It's good. Is that the expression? Like I, I remember like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at, at Shiva, like I was just, there's so many people at my house and so many people I didn't expect to see. And I just felt so overwhelmed that um, we live in like, a split level house and there's like stairs kind of in the middle of like the living room, like a little staircase. And then there was sort of like a little, the second level kind of overlooked the first level. Cause it's like split. Everything's kind of together. Kind of like how my family was like no boundaries, no walls, no stairs. <laughs> well, there were walls, but anyway, so, um, and we did have boundaries, but I don't want to exaggerate, but you know, anyway, we, um, we so I'm like I'm in Shiva and then I'm in I'm kind of in the middle of the living room and I just like fainted during Shiva and it made this like loud thud like even my friends downstairs they're like what was that and then my dad like tried to carry me up the stairs but I think I was like the fattest I'd been like or the heaviest I've been um college Shiva whatever like and he hadn't like carried me since I was like a child. So he, I think he thought he could just like lift me, but he couldn't. So now like a hundred people are watching my dad, like try to carry me up the stairs. <laughs> and then my uncle tried to help. And I was like, <laughs> and then my sisters, like each one grabbed a leg and I was like, Oh my God, guys, it was so embarrassing. <laughs> and then they 
like put me in my mom's bed and I, I was like bring me blueberries and they were like people want to say goodbye to you I was like you, I like said to my friends you need to vet it through me like no one can come up unless I say so like I don't want just anybody coming up here and you're such a diva such a, I was such a, a grief diva right um and I felt like such a queen I was like I'm unwell like the queen is unwell <laughs> So just like, and I would like laugh about this or like the superintendent like came to the house and asked if I needed help, needed anything. And like no one else was there. So it was kind of weird. She came on her own and I was like, can you drive me to CVS? And I think she was like shocked. I actually asked for something. And then I like ended up having a panic attack in CVS. And it was just like so awkward with her. Cause I was like, I was like, that was bad. (laughs) So just so much funny stuff happened. And I remember like, it was just so hard to relate to people my age, but I think humor, I would like kind of try to find the humor in it, but I think that kind of freaked people out, but it was like the only way I knew how to deal with it. You took your humor and you did stand up comedy too. Which, yeah. That yeah. happened in 2018. So my mom died in 2015. And then in 2018, I signed up for like a, an intro to comedy class at Astoria and you have to come to the first class with five minutes of material. And I was like, I don't know what to talk about. So I, I made a bunch of jokes like about my family, my grandma. And I had this one joke that was like something like, I feel like I can get away with anything. I was like, my mom died a few years ago. Don't worry. We can laugh about it. Like my dad said it was okay. Um, something like that. And then it was like, I can get away with anything because of my grief card and something like that I don't even I was thinking about this last night I was like I think that was the joke and everyone liked it so my instructor was like you should just do your five minutes about grief because that was your best material and so I was like oh okay like didn't expect to do that but if you're if you say so um so I built the five minutes about grief and um I had this like whole elaborate joke about my grief card and how I am like an overdraft because I like overused my, my credit and (laughs) how I had like bucket or I don't even remember. I had like, Oh, I I used like 10% of my anger credit and 20% of my public crying. And, um, I don't know. It was like an elaborate joke and, and I just like, yeah. So I built this whole set, um, and I was doing it at, like, I got booked in a few shows. I was doing it at some open mics. But it was just, I mean, at the time, I feel I feel like now if I did stand-up about grief, it would, like, go over better. But at some open mics, it was, like, something that just wasn't, it was, like, before TikTok. Like, even though we're just talking about a few years ago, like, I feel like people are so much more open about every feeling now and, like, raw, vulnerable emotion. And when I was, like, going around to open mics in 2018, 2019, 2020, 20 for a bit it was like hard to get into like a room of strangers and be like hi so like my mom died (laughs) (laughs) just like lay it lay it on the table right there yeah like okay now I'm gonna make jokes and it's okay and like it it just it just depended on the crowd some people were like were very open to it and some people it took them a while to warm to it especially with like an open mic you have like four minutes five minutes so it's hard um and then after a while like the jokes that I wrote in 2018 just like weren't really like accurate they didn't like feel right anymore yeah I was like I've moved past my public crying for the most part and my like anger and my like public panic attacks and (laughs) um just a lot of the stuff like didn't really I felt like I moved past a lot of that um so then I I had a joke I really like that I used I know I've I know I've um moved on I don't like the word moved on move forward I know I've moved forward because I used to go to the cemetery and visit my mom and cry but now I go and I compare her plot to everybody else's so I'm like dad how come the Schwartzmans have an ivy bush and we don't and like her plot is cleaner can we get someone in here to fix it (laughs) (laughs) so it's like a keeping up with the Joneses situation at the the cemetery (laughs) I I love that you're able to take all the hardship that you've gone through and make it into something positive, make it into something that the, that doesn't want to make you cry or make you angry because we're, we're already living in a world that kind of, kind of sucks now with everything that's happening. And Mm -hmm. 
to be able to have that lightness even with something that's completely not good tra- tragic situation i i wish i i'm trying to do that more i mean my my dad is going through his own health struggles and it's gotten to a point where even when something is just so ridiculous like he's yelling at me or he's like making weird noises because mm-hmm. mentally he's not okay it's 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 very sad i just i can't cry anymore i laugh it's bad like in situations where i shouldn't laugh i'm laughing because i just that's the only emotion that i can in- invoke now yeah i don't I'm, know if you feel have you felt that, that? um uh yeah i mean i just remember like sitting there (laughs) this is kind of a funny anecdote so and something about growing up in westchester so uh, my family like we went to a bunch of different temples but we ended up at a chabad um which is funny because i'm pretty reform and um the rabbi was really great and after my mom died um very lucky to have them they were wonderful but he brought over this woman who was sort of like a kind of like a trauma and grief specialist for for kids and she came over and um wanted to like talk to us and I just remember like she didn't really know her name like she didn't know a lot about us I think that she just kind of like showed up and I just remember like she left and my sisters were like like absolutely not and I don't even remember my story but like we were just kind of like hysterically laughing that like she was there and I just remember, like, it was just so horrible and so tragic and so upsetting. But then we could also, like, I just remember moments during Shiva, like, laughing or, um, I forget your question. <laughs> but it was just, like, this is so horrible. This is such a nightmare that, like, uh-huh. what can I do? Like, I keep crying. Maybe I laugh. Like, it's just this crazy space to be in where you're just, like, I don't know. Like, what am I supposed yeah. to do? <laughs> No, it wasn't even a question. I was just trying to see if you can relate on that with like laughing at something that's just, it's so serious or it's like a lot of people who haven't gone through grief, they Mm -hmm. do that. You can't be upset all the time. It's just, it's not healthy. I agree. And I think if you have an understanding of like the heaviness of something, then you have the right to make light of it like with my family like I feel the void of my mom not being here all the time and I mean it's gotten better but and there I have good days and I have bad days and usually the the weeks leading up to the to the yard site or the the anniversary of her death are like just I always like feel like shit honestly I'm just like why do I feel like shit I'm like oh because my body I don't know I feel like my body feels like it's that time where this like terrible thing happened to me it's just like almost physical um and like every you know, I was with my grandma and my dad on Mother's Day, and I'm just like, how did my family that was like this get to this? And it's not like, it's it's still beautiful the way our, our family is, and it's still great, but there's like this void, and it's really sad. So I feel like oftentimes like those heavier and sadder moments are the ones that fill more of your time. So why not sometimes when you can like make light of it and, and make it funny and expose like the ridiculousness of like life and these things that are so out of our control. So sometimes the only thing in your control is like the way that you react and making like a joke that can kind of like make everyone laugh for a second and forget about that and like feel like you're in control of the situation and like the narrative in some ways is is so worth it mm-hmm. I, I love that i i love that we're on the same page about that because a lot of people would think otherwise they'd kind of make you feel bad for it but it's it's your own it's your own shit that you're going through you're right. allowed to make a joke about something that you're going through and sometimes like you i'm sure you can get a picture of my mom if i try if I try cracking a joke about something that's not really funny, but I'm trying to get through it with humor, she sometimes is just like, Michael, don't <laughs> like, because she's just not like that the way that I am. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Some people aren't, but it's not you, for everybody. <laughs> it's not, but you're, we see that side of you making light of serious situations or just like kind of trying to figure out if it's, a good deed or a bad deed amidst for Shonda. <laughs> mm-hmm. How did you get into creating that game and taking these 
either serious instances or kind of ridiculous situations and making light of it. Yeah. I mean, I think that my whole, and we've probably talked about this before, but some, when I started making Jewish content, I think um, a big part of my mission is like, how do we make Jewish things like accessible and fun for everybody and, and take that seriousness out of it. And I think, I mean, like I said, I'm a bit more reform. I, I don't go to services um, a lot, although I do like the tradition of Judaism and there's nothing wrong with like going to services, but I do think sometimes they can be hard. Even me, like I grew up going to Hebrew school and, and synagogue. And then I started going to like more Jewish events after birthright because I met someone who would take me to everything. And I was like, ah, oh, there's like a lot that I don't understand. And I feel a little intimidated. And um, even though I'm a Jew, like there's so many spaces that you can feel like a bit intimidated and like you don't know enough. And I think Judaism is just such a beautiful religion and culture. And like, there's so much that we do have in common and um, just in terms of like our experiences and family and like these situations. And I really enjoy like the more people I meet, like learning how much we have in common and, and just like this thing that like bonds all of us. So I had made a bunch of products already and I um, got this award last summer from New York Jewish Jew- Week. I was just, that's <laughs> a, that was actually one of the points that I wanted to bring up. You got Jewish Week's 36 to watch, which is very, very applaudable. Yes, thank you. So I I got that last summer and I was like, I had just done my Haggadah and I I had nothing for the summer. Um, So I was like, ah, like, what do I do? They're watching. Like everyone's watching. I mean, I don't think everyone's watching. (laughs) (laughs) You make it sound like you're being stalked or something. You're being stalked by the Jews. (laughs) like they've tabs of me another one it almost felt like oh my gosh do I deserve this award now I need to like do something to prove that I deserve it which is like again me just like putting this pressure on myself like which is a theme in my life which makes me produce a lot of things which also and also gives me a lot of stress me me (laughs) it's like I mean then we're very productive people but it's also like I stress myself out but and when you're like oh your your drawings are calm I'm like I'm glad I convey that because that's not me really (laughs) all the time um so I was like they're watching and I was like all right I need to make something for Rosh Hashanah and I just remember like this whole concept of sins feels so serious and also ambiguous like what's a sin how do you really you know when you do Tashlech and throw your sins into the water it's like how do you know what a a sin actually is or isn't and um I just and I just thought it was like kind of silly too like there's so many uh things of Judaism that are just like a little silly um and like if you really think about it I'm like like throwing a set into the water it's like a silly I saw this tweet that was like we're so cute we like we like kiss our Torah we kiss our mezuzah and like we we like touch the hala and like you know we're just so cute I'm like yeah so anyway <laughs> The way that that gives me an idea for one of our projects, we should put a thing saying like, "Oh, it's so cute." <laughs> we will continue, continue. Okay, we'll, we'll have we'll have our brainstorm. See, yeah. so many ideas come up all the time. There's so much there. So I was like, okay, this whole sin thing, like I'm confused. Like, so I was like, maybe I make like a game around sins. And when I was a kid, my sisters and I, like, again, when I say it's silly, like there are ways. I mean, I just learned about the tradition that. Um, like I think it's a Sephardic tradition on Passover during Diana, you like hit each other with scallions. Yeah, I, my, I'm, gosh, get, gosh. shit goes down in this yes. house when it's Passover. We're like beating each other, red marks. Like you got to be careful. It's bad. Oh like, and we're Persian, so we're very aggressive. Yeah, I didn't know this existed to my Persian friend from Great Neck. Like told me about this, and I was or someone else told me, but I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. Um, I love it, and. And I'd never done it. So I was like, oh, there's just so many traditions. I love it. So now all the Jewish holidays that I loved and made me so happy have this like tinge of sadness and it's gotten better over the years, but like it really isn't, it hasn't really gotten perfect. I, nothing's perfect, but it's not something I've resolved. Like, you know, I, I don't, I used to go to temple for the high holidays with my mom. Now, like my, 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 uh, sisters and my dad we all live in different cities and even after my mom died and I was living in Westchester like I went to Chabad so 
it's men and women are separate. So like my dad, I was like, well, you can come with me to Chabad, but then we're not even sitting together. So it's been hard to like figure out my traditions after my mom died because everything was so tied to her, um, which is another kind of reason subconsciously. I think I've decided to create, I don't know if I decided, I think it just happened that I ended up creating all these products because I'm like, if I can make a holiday easier or, or more fun or uh, happier for, for someone who's celebrating it like with their family or in a new way. Like this is like the stuff that I need um, now that everything's changed for me. So hopefully it like helps other people. I mean, that's kind of why I was so excited about the Haggadah. Um, so growing up, my sisters and I, we'd like go throw our bread into the water and, and we'd be like, you need to throw more bread. You've so many sins. And like, you did this, like you, you took my, my skirt, like you throw a sin for that. Oh, and you made me late for school, throw in more bread for that. So it just like got very silly. So I was like, maybe there's a game around that. And I thought that the game would be like called sinners or like bad apple and just like be about sins. And I kind of like, long story short, tricked a bunch of people (laughs) into coming to my house for Shabbat um, for like a game night, but really it was like a focus group. I like kind of mentioned it in the description, but I don't think people exactly realized what was happening. And then I was like, okay, everyone, like, what do you think I should do for a game? And like, here's an index card, like write down a sin. And we just, like, we did have like a focus group in this living room that I'm sitting in right now. And at the very end of like this like roundabout conversation, someone was like, well, when someone has like something in their teeth, do you tell them? When someone's fly is down, do you tell them? If you're like on a dating app and you start going out with someone, but you know that your friend went out with them a few years ago, like, is that okay? And everyone like got so into the conversation. And I was like, okay, everyone out. Like, not really, but like in my head, I was like, okay, they need to go. Like, I have my idea. And um, I was like, this is the game. I need to come up with like debatable Jewish situations. And then you decide if it's good or bad. And then I don't even know how it all happened, but then it became Mitzvah or Shonda. And uh, I think my dad says he came up with the name. I say that I do. Um, I even have a video of us like fighting about it. I've never posted it. (laughs) (laughs) And then it just, it just grew from there. And I, I had the whole game as like a prototype on index cards and I would like bring it. I had like a couple of happy hours where I tested it and then it like turned into an actual game, an actual product. And then it turned into a show. Yeah, I don't even. Sometimes I'm like, where? Why did I do that? Um. <laughs> no, but it's it's a game where I mean, you could really do so much with it. I mean, yeah. you could eat. Well, almost like, how did I get there? Because, but, but yes, I, I, I think I turned it into a show because I thought it would help like sell the game. And then I was like, wait, the show is actually. I remember being on stage for the first show, and I was like. It was the first one, so everyone knew, like, you know, roll with the punches, Mm -hmm. this is new. And I was like, guys, this is fun, right? Like, I'm having fun. And they were all like, yeah, this is really fun. And the comedians who do the show, like, get off the stage and they're like, that was so fun. Thanks. Like, thank you for letting me do this show. I had so much fun. And I I don't think that's something that, like, happens a lot at at shows. Like, everything's entertaining, like a comedy show or this show. People are like, that was interesting. That was fun. I got, I got to get on one of these games or I got to come and see it at least. Like the, it sounds so fun. Should we do one? <gasps> oh my God. Is that yes. okay? Yes. It's on the list of questions. <laughs> I have can we do here. like it? Can we do an abridged version? I'm just going to read you one card. Oh, perfect. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's also, do this. Like, yeah, this is the game. I it's, I've like brought this to so many events and shows that the box is kind of falling apart. Um, mm. Okay. I'm going to pick a card. I did not plan this. So, I also want to say the game, Mitzvah Shonda, so many of the situations in the game are like literally based on my family, which is really sweet for me because like I said, I had this like very fun, chaotic, like hilarious upbringing with my family, so many stories and to like be able to incorporate it into something that like people enjoy and get a taste of like who I am and my family like feels so good. And it's almost a way to like keep my mom's legacy alive like in in a way like she was such a good storyteller she always had drama and like but like funny drama and stories and she just always held court like entertaining us so I feel like this is sort of um in a way her her legacy mm-hmm. so it's really it's really nice to, like share that with people and when I do the show I'll like read a card and and, and um, sometimes I'm like this literally happened to my family and or, like my sister did this or like I have one about like 
you know, um, this one's my favorite. I'm, I'm not going to read this one too, because it's, it's not seasonal, but um, it's like, uh, you go on a on a hayride, a Christmas hayride, and the priest asks if anybody knows a Christmas carol, and you suggest singing, I have a little dreidel. And people are like, what? Like, that's hilarious. And I'm like, well, like, that happened to my family. Like, my dad took my sister on a Christmas hayride when she was six, and she had everybody sing, I have a little dreidel. And so just, like, stuff like that. <laughs> and then you weigh in, Mitzvah Shonda. So I picked one for you, randomly. Yes. Okay, it's your first summer at sleepaway camp. You don't love the activities, so you set up a meeting with the director to give her your feedback. You don't personally like the activities, or they're you and a group of people don't like it? Just you. It's not even a mitzvah or shanda, that's just being pretentious. <laughs> that's like, I mean, at least get a group of people to go with you, get people to agree with you, then it would be a mitzvah. I mean, if that's you're... That's such a good take. <laughs> that's like, that's just pretentious. You're like, oh... I don't like the activities at the Jewish summer day camp. I'm going to go to the counseling and change the sleepaway, sleepaway camp. camp. Oh. I mean, I kind of think it's a mitzvah because I would like, I would so do this. <laughs> I mean, I, I think. Maybe I'd call my mom to do it. <laughs> that's even worse. <laughs> that's even worse. But Well, maybe we would live in friends at sleepaway camp then. <laughs> I, I mean, if you had good ideas, if you shared them with me, if you yeah. said, oh. I have great ideas to change the activities. And I, you would have told me I, if it were, there were good ideas, I would have been totally in the only sleepaway camp I ever went to. Oh my gosh. It was called Seneca Lake. Absolutely terrible. Camp. A theatery one. No, no that's, that's French woods. That's, that's, French woods. Yeah. that's like the 20 K bougie one that no oh. one can afford, but well. this it was <laughs> called camp Seneca Lake. It was a basketball camp for a week. My mom and her childhood friend, who she's still friends to this day with, her, she was putting her son in this camp. And my f- mom's friend was like, oh, it, it's a good idea. You should put Michael in this camp. And I was I was overweight at the time. So she was like, oh, he might lose some weight. So oh. she, yeah. Th- so she put me in this camp. I kid you not. It was probably one of the worst weeks I've ever had in my childhood. Oh. I, It was really, really bad to the point where... Oh my god, I will never forget it. There were a bunch of these assholes in my bunk. I was bunked with one of the kids that I was with. He, I actually went to elementary school with him. And I was friends with him in elementary school. And it was so fucking weird. It was like, I mean, we were young. This was like almost 10 years ago. Probably 10, 12 years ago. But he was just so weird with me. And, I, and it got to the point where these kids were so mean. They like... They, I remember one night they took my towel because we had like an open like kind of communal bathroom area in the back of the bunk and they were like they took my towel they were trying to rip off the shower curtain while I was taking a shower I remember I ran out I was like so mad and I was like and I, when I got back home when I got back home to my mom and everything I said to her I was like never do that again that was absolute horror but if you were in camp with me and we were together and you had good ideas to change the activities i would have loved it i would i mean anything maybe it's a mitzvah maybe it's a mitzvah yeah it's a mitzvah what what they did at the camp that i went to was shonda that was shonda Shonda. absolute shonda Mm -hmm. and that's why the game is fun because i find like when you play it it kind of like pulls out these old stories in us and and it's just i think it's a fun way to like get to know each other and just kind of like laugh about shared experiences because like us two we both have gone to sleepaway camp i did not go to basketball camp thank god but (laughs) (laughs) i'm not a sports person at all so i they had me like doing random shit during the game i think i sat out most of the game because (laughs) they saw that i didn't know how to play water for people <laughs> was i i was the I, I don't think i was the water boy no that's probably a special the... skill to be the water boy actually i, mean, I went to field I... hockey field hockey camp for three days like literally just three days and i think when my parents picked me up i like cried of happiness i was like let's never do that i i was the one who wanted to go because i was playing field hockey and i was i was bad at it so i was like let me go to camp and like improve my skills and i'm so not athletic mm-hmm. when i left they give you a card on like 
when you get there, they assess your skills. And then when you leave, they like assess your skills to see if you like got better. <laughs> did you get worse? I think I did get worse. <laughs> <laughs> I like stayed the same. It was like, Danielle needs improvement. Like you should send her for two weeks next time. I was like, fuck it. I don't care. I'm not going to be good at field hockey. Just take me home. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Mm-mm. Let's let's just tell them what we have planned. Let's okay. just tell all the people watching and listening <laughs> what's coming in the future because y'all aren't seeing this until September, so you're gonna get the announcement probably oh I hope it's, in about I hope a month. It's done by then. Can, can I show them like what started it? Yeah. I have a prop. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was telling Michael about my products, and not all of them have been um, smash hits. Is that? <laughs> telling my friends this last night actually i'll make a product that i feel like is for everybody Mm -hmm. sometimes we need to narrow it down so this is an example it's my hanukkah book called hanukkah in your hands and the issue is that i think that i was making the book for people my own age like a guide to hanukkah like who doesn't Mm -hmm. eat that and it has the story of hanukkah and it has recipes and it has ideas for every night but i think a lot of people thought it was for kids and if it was for kids i would have like done it a little bit differently and -hmm. if it was like just straight up for adults I could have done it, like made it even like more hot. So I showed Michael this book and he, I think that your reaction was like, it's so cute. Like it has like such good content inside, but like it it needs to be more premium. It needs to be more like Gen Z. Is Mm -hmm. that the word that you used? You're like, I want it to like appeal to Gen Z. And I was like, honestly, me too. (laughs) Um, So I think then we had the idea to just revamp the book and call it hot Jewish Hanukkah mm-hmm. and just make it for, you know, Gen Z and up and make it hotter. And I think that there are like so many fun ways that we can dig into that theme. And I'm really excited. And like that conversation that we had, I think like two months ago or so, which was really long. I had nowhere to go and I couldn't, I had broken my ankle. So like you had my full attention. I remember I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, remember I was sitting in my car the whole time. I was like, Damn, this girl has not been having luck. <laughs> I was like, I'm like on crutches. Like, I'm afraid to leave my apartment. Like, I'm just here until you're, you don't want to talk to me anymore. Um, So you, like, unlock something in me where I was like, I don't know. It, and it was, I'm just very grateful that, that you did because I was like, yeah, I, I can, like, have a little bit more fun. I can be a little bit more myself. Like, I am an adult. Like, I, you know, tastefully, tastefully hot. And so now yeah. I'm I'm kind of, like trying to do that with like my cartoons too, be a little bit more um tastefully yeah. hot you're taking submissions now for sex life of jewish girls which i remember you texted me about it you said oh i have an idea what if we what if we, what if i did this and i said i want in on this like this is fun like i think i even yeah. the first thing that i sent you is like oh you encounter your first uncircumcised penis mm-hmm. and I'm sure from whatever submissions you get, there's going to be someone who has that. That I mean, I would consider it a horror story. I personally, oh, well. yeah, I, I've, <laughs> I've had my one experience of, well, no, two. Ooh, Ooh. it was two. two? It, um, one was an I'm... American guy. One was American guy and one was an Australian guy. And oh, well. yeah, it was, yeah, but. I'm, I'm yeah, not going to were... count mine um, for you, but. <laughs> 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 we've already fed you guys enough today yeah you're right you're right, you're right. yeah you're, we, you they know barely that... know anything about the book it's just like it's gonna be oh yeah it's gonna be i think the nice thing about it it's gonna it, well, me and danielle were talking about we wanted it to be something that it doesn't have to be updated every year it mm-hmm. can be updated maybe let's say every five years every yeah. 10 years there's like there's like additions of it, but I want it to be some, I I really wanted it to be something, especially since I, I remember I told you like, I wanted it hardcover or at least it's a hardcover hard co- I think. or at least an option. If people can't afford hardcover, which I totally oh, get true, true. Okay. it, hardcover can be expensive, but um, I want it to be something that can be in your bookshelf for many years. It's not something that's going to get, I want it timeless, something that's going to be timeless. Evergreen, yeah, because yeah, and that was the, the issue I've been running into with my books. I've like, I'm like, I'm going to update it every year. And then I'm like, Danielle, why do we do this to ourselves? And also, like, people might not want to buy a new one every year. That was the issue I ran into with my Haggadah this year. So now I'm trying, I'm planning to make my Haggadah. Right now it's New York themed. 
And I, I mean, I, I think I'm going to edit it to be more evergreen and then do more cities. Something that's fun about like my content, it'll be fun about our book and like my cartoons. I think a lot of them have like this unexpected element, like they just look so sweet. And, and that's kind of my comedy and the, like the grief comedy I did too. I think mm-hmm. I, I get up there or, you know, as myself, or if I present like a cartoon, you think it's going to be one thing and then it's kind of something a little bit different. Um, and I like that, like element of of surprise and like I know this is like an expression that's lame but like surprise and delight or mm-hmm. I, I like hearing like the giggle people have from like being surprised or even with the mitzvah Shonda game like of course it was random I didn't pick like my, my best cards but some of them like you pick it and you're like ooh, like what he he like that's so that's so funny and like unexpected um so I like giving people that experience I'm like who knew that I could sort of draw and deliver it that way <laughs> I think everyone that follows you, everyone that uh, follows your journey, they they see that too. They see that it's something that's very important, something that's very lighthearted, something that is fun for the whole family, really. I, I love that you're able to find your audience through people that are older, but also people that are younger too, so that it's it's for everyone. Everyone can have a little bit of fun. It's like SpongeBob. Yes. SpongeBob Aww. is a kid's show, but you have some a little spiciness in there that flies over kids' heads. I started this brand when I was like in a relationship with someone. And um, I mean, I started drawing before that, but it kind of got a little bit bigger. And I was like in a relationship. And I think uh, the past few months, I've been like dating and just more in that like single we're not in a relationship anymore. So I've been like in that single world. And I think that kind of changes, I mean, your tone. I think anyone who creates content, like as you live your life, like you go through different phases where what you want to share and your tone kind of, kind of shifts. So I think I'm, I'm ready. Like I said, when I, when we started this podcast and, um, to be tastefully hotter, and I might, I mean, one day I want to make an expansion pack of mitzvah Shonda. That's like, what do we call it? I actually the hot, I, I, the hot Jew pack. The hot Jew pack or like sexy shot. I don't know. I actually saw on someone else's site, so I I can't take this, but they were like um rated race, which I think is so funny. <laughs> That's okay. So I uh, might do I, like a, a rated race um version of Mitzvah Shonda. I th- I think that Hot Jewish Hanukkah will, will be rated PG thirteen, but but we'll see. PG thirteen. Do you think race? <laughs> I don't know. That's some, that's something that me and you have to figure out, and you guys are gonna find out later. But <laughs> I I'm so thankful that you came on today. I really I I love that we're gonna get to do work together. You're my first like kind of collab, like official like heart like IRL like product collab. I haven't yeah. done anything with anyone, so. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, You're my first podcast, so we're we're giving each other so many firsts. (laughs) Podcast virginity is gone. Product virginity is gone. Well, I made merch, but like collab product virginity is gone. You're um, going to be in print. (gasps) I was telling my mom about it and it's, it just, I, I'm just, I'm still in shock that this, that this is going to happen, but Thank you so much for being here. And where where can everyone find you? So many places. Um, (laughs) So you can follow me at Jews in Doodles um, on Instagram. And then I also talked about the cartoons I do, like more about my life. And that's Danielle in Doodles. Um, I also send out a newsletter about every week. And you can sign up on DanielleInDoodles.com. And I do, like Michael said, I've been uh, producing comedy shows, events, etc. So I don't know what I have in store for the fall. But if you follow me on social media or my newsletter, um, I will not be quiet about it. So you'll know. (laughs) Yay. Well, thank you guys so much for watching wherever you are right now at home, on the road drinking your favorite coffee or something whatever you're doing thank you so much for watching you can find me at hot jewish energy at hot jewish podcast and at michael t valdez with an s at the end and my new page at hot jewish short king thank you so much for watching guys (laughs) have a great day night wherever you are and we'll catch you later
Bye, everybody.